Hi, this is Chad Dull, and welcome to my third Poverty Informed podcast. These podcasts document a series of articles I've been writing over the last year, tracing the evolution of our approach at my college to being more poverty informed and serving students in poverty more effectively. Today's article seems kind of appropriate since last night I was at our GED graduation. I love GED graduation. I love to be in the presence of a palpable sense of achievement. Uh, It's amazing to watch people bring 10, 20, uh, last night even 50 guests to watch them mark this milestone that starts to change their economic reality. It's really a privilege to be part of it and a reminder of how important what we're trying to do is. The article I'm going to share today was written last August and at the time I was trying to think about how to keep my staff involved, how to move beyond myself, and how to see if we could gain momentum in this thing that we were trying to do. And I kept rattling around in my head with this phrase, declaring the movement. I thought that it was important that we be explicit about what we were doing and why we were doing it. The idea of why we do these things is pretty powerful in my estimation. It always has been for me. If I can understand the purpose of what we're doing in a clear and succinct way, I'm much more likely to persevere through challenges and through inevitable resistance to change. So I had been doing that with my division, but I wanted to document it in writing. And so I want to share that article with you today. It's called Poverty Informed Practice in Higher Education, Declaring the Movement. A few months ago, someone sent me an incredible video and article called Turning a College into a Movement about Michael Sorrell, the president at Paul Quinn College in Dallas. He said that his entire college had one goal that defines everything about them, to end poverty. How powerful is that? How brave is it just to say it? It makes you feel guilty for nibbling around the edges. Well, our days of nibbling are over at least in the corner of the world I lead. But how do you begin? In my mind, step one is declaring the movement, and I'd like to share what our version of that looks like at Western. Words matter. And I couldn't just steal President Sorrell's words, although it was tempting. We don't operate in a vacuum, and I've mentioned before that we follow in the footsteps of colleges like Paul Quinn and Amarillo College. And we are inspired by leaders like Sarah Goldrick Rabb and Donna Beagle, as well as inspired by our incredibly resilient students who come to us and trust us to help them chase their dreams. So how to capture that in something simple and memorable that would drive our work? We landed on the following. Every barrier that can be removed should be removed. Every once in a while, you just get it right, and this appears to be one of those times. Our staff immediately grabbed on to this idea, and discussions, and really more importantly, actions, began to occur. We initially required some actions, such as adding a basic needs statement to course syllabi, and we conducted our no audit, which I've spoken about earlier. We created emergency funds with as few barriers as possible. But better than all that, people started taking action on their own. Every barrier resonated and changes started to happen. 
We had signs in our building on locked doors that said in all caps, STAFF ONLY, which felt like GO AWAY TO ME. They were replaced by signs that said, in smaller fonts, STUDENTS, IF YOU NEED TO SPEAK WITH AN INSTRUCTOR, PLEASE ASK AT THE FRONT DESK, WITH AN ARROW POINTING TO THE FRONT DESK. Now this friendlier voice gave information and tried to help. That was a change made by observant staff, not an order from above. Seeds of a movement, perhaps? It might be a small thing, but wash, rinse, repeat, and then you start to change a culture. Starting a movement requires the power of shared language and imagery. At least I think it does. We've begun to use the analogy of plowing the road. We are from Wisconsin, after all. Many of us had people who plowed the road to make our trip safer. Maybe it was well-resourced parents if we were fortunate, or someone else who took an active interest in our success. Perhaps you are a parent who thinks about plowing the road and removing barriers for your own children. All too often, the people we serve traverse roads that aren't plowed, or are partially blocked because of the random circumstance they were born into. How is that fair? How much potential is left in tent cities and hungry bellies when we can do something? Every barrier that can be removed should be removed. Would we do any less for our own children? Would our parents have done any less for us? We have an opportunity to level the playing field, and I think we have an obligation to do so. So after years of learning and observation, we have a goal. End poverty. Credit to Paul Quinn College. We have a mission. Every barrier that can be removed should be removed. And we have action steps we describe as plowing the road. Those action steps include paying attention to our behaviors and our environment to create a sense of belonging. It includes extensive use of credit for prior learning. I'll talk more about that another time. It involves emergency funds to help mitigate the inevitable bumps in the road and many more actions to be developed. But before any of that, we are declaring the movement and committing to it. That has to be step one. Stay tuned.